Ready, set, podcast. Off breakfast. Oh. Let's get some pancakes and the mystery food from Christine. <laughs> Welcome to the breakfast, the breakfast portion of Dread and Breakfast, where we talk about the story that you just listened to. Um, we also do a fun breakfast segment where Christine makes something cursed. Yee, did you come hungry? <laughs> So how'd y'all like that story? That was a lot. It was excellent. I have so many questions. Yeah. There was a lot going on. I have never felt so confused and angry before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I don't know if that's a good thing. I will talk about it. (laughs) I did really enjoy how, like, our first story was very, like, typical horror ghosty ghost whatever and this was much more of like everyone is paranoid and so (laughs) afraid of each other which was really fun and also here's a ghost (laughs) yeah the whole like not being able to trust anybody like really gave it another level I think that was kind of where my paranoia came from because like in the first one we kind of knew like we were all on the same team in this one Mm -hmm. like I went into it thinking oh well Jacob, Marissa, and I are all on the same team. And as it went, I was like, maybe we're not. Also, (laughs) I know how chaotic Fabrice is as a person, so I wouldn't put it past him to have instructed one of us to actually be the murderer. (laughs) That's fair. I appreciate that. I wish (laughs) that I had done that. I would like to know, like, what was it like running it creating it because there seemed to be like a lot of moving pieces going on yeah i guess making it it was really daunting uh at first so i came up with the character with the npcs who you all have now met and who all one by one fell into various stages of unconsciousness um (laughs) or death with silas who i adore more than life itself and i knew he was was gonna die because he had to i okay can we please reveal the way that fabrice got into his silas voice every single time (laughs) uh yes i did just have to go morgan freeman morgan freeman morgan freeman and then then i would be in my silas voice and it's fine and what about your percy voice uh, his voice, I just shook my hand a lot, um, <laughs> and it works. It was really entertaining to watch when we were together for the first part of this story, um, to watch you, like, physically switch. There was, like, I think one point when Silas and Percy were having a conversation, and you just sat there going, Morgan Freeman, and then shaking your hand, and then going, Morgan Freeman, yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's was, why that first session took over three hours. Yes. Yeah, oh my gosh. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good, y'all. But yeah, I guess, uh, Marissa, to answer your question, once I had the characters kind of figured out and like what they wanted out of the evening and what they were, I guess, willing to do to get it, it was a little bit easier. Uh, by the second session, I didn't really know what people were going to do. Like like halfway through the second <laughs> session, I was like, oh, well, there go my notes. 
Um, Oops. So no, which is fine. It's I'm never have a problem with that. What was the biggest like turning point that caused you to be like, well, now we're just winging it. <laughs> oh, um, I have a guess. All right, Jacob. Was it when I swung a pipe at a guy? <laughs> it was when you swung a pipe at a guy. That that was session was three a though. Big one. That was that three. was session. Oh no, that was session three, and that was very much a, huh. I didn't see that one coming. Um, <laughs> the the other one was Jill. When you like were like okay, and then you were like following the trail of stuff in the backyard, and then you oh, found the yeah. ghost stuff. I loved that scene, by the way. I felt alive when we were recording that. <laughs> Oh, good. I'm glad. I felt alive when I got to hit a guy with a pipe. That's great. And when I I'm hit a guy so... with a wrench. <laughs> oh, you're all doing like such good stuff with crimes. So much violence. <laughs> I know. I felt also really vindicated when I got to like have the heroes maneuver um, because I've died in every other game that we've played. Yes. <laughs> I was really I was really happy for you with that. If if I was unhappy with anything with the second story uh as a whole, it would be stuff that I did. It's mostly like I would have liked to try and figure out a way to bring great grandma's ghost back into the story after mm. she was just kind of like put away but we were very far off what i had expected to happen um <laughs> what so, did you expect to happen can i ask so i was expecting the mexican standoff in the ghost room <laughs> like that i figured would happen oh I so much didn't... paranoia yep yeah no i really liked that i thought that was great um, it was horrible for me personally i was <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> i was like, screaming at you i don't know if that made the final edit but yeah, I was like screaming at Fabrice and like banging on the table because I couldn't handle what was happening. <laughs> um, so I expected that. I did not expect us to use Grandma's ghost as kind of like a magical tell us what is going on Hello. kind of thing. I then didn't expect people to... Because you, you did it both ways. You split up, but then you came back together. And I was prepared for you to, like, start doing one of those things. And then also, like, I just, I, I didn't think that most of what happened would have happened. Um, I loved the scene where um, Sienna and Percy came back and used the chair as a decoy. That, yeah, I was so endeared was to really Percy, cool. even though he had just admitted to killing great grandma. <laughs> yeah, I really liked all of the NPCs in this one because they all felt like like real living people. Um, I did have a question about Reggie, though, because fuck yeah. that guy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. why? Because um, we, we know he wanted the money. Why mm -hmm. was he so desperate for it? Like what yeah. drove him this far? That so that was my that was my failing. So very early in I think the first one, there was like a crash upstairs, right? Yes. Um, I still regret not looking at it, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It was Reggie kind of like having a tantrum in his room. He's just like deep, deep in debt. Like he's living here. He was well, he was living with Silas to kind of like help take care of him and like you know keep him company he also is just poor and destitute and has absolutely nowhere else to go oh and yikes 
he really needs the money because he's used to a certain uh shall we say lifestyle mm. and he is just like he does not have the means for that anymore it's real funny that we dressed him up as a fucking poor guy then yeah <laughs> the beginning. that's pretty good it was a good goofer i have to say that when jill was hitting him with the wrench there was a moment when i was thinking as we were playing i was like wow like jill's husband is dead and now she is about to strike down her brother-in-law. Like, that's a very intense uh, set of events to have occur. Yeah. Yeah. Fabrice, what what are some of the things that you sprinkled in? Because I think there was definitely a moment, at least personally, I was not understanding <laughs> the, like, trail that was supposed to lead back to him, like being the murderer so i don't know if you want to kind of explain some of the things that you set up that maybe we i missed or the listener may have missed Uh, yeah christine i think for us it's that it was several months between our first recording and the second one and so i think a lot of the things in that one weren't fresh or even anywhere remotely near uh the forefront of our heads so mostly it was that uh, so Percy and Abbott go looking for stamps in the great room and they look in a spot where Percy knows there to be a stamp and it's gone. Oh. Like Percy had Abbott looking in a very specific spot. It was inside the deer. And we know that Carson found his stamp under his chair Uh, is at least what he says. And then when everyone... Uh, kind of met together in the like the entrance hall and they heard the scream Reggie comes in from outside and he says he was looking for his stamp when the assumption I, I think is that like he would already have one if the one that Percy thinks is there isn't anymore I see yeah 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 I do want to say, because I don't remember when this happened in the first story, because like when you heard the crash, I don't remember if it was like when you had already come back with Reggie after dressing him up as a poor person. But like (laughs) the crash was meant to like lead you into his room. It was like a vase breaking in his in his like bedroom and you would find it like torn apart and like just notes and stuff where he's like just rambling about like not having any money and like overdue bills and things like that Uh, yeah i liked that reggie and all of us were kind of more ambiguous where it's like oh yeah all of us could have probably killed this poor old man at the end so (laughs) there was even a point when i was like did did i kill this man and i forgot (laughs) (laughs) i was also getting very suspicious of you of me i don't remember why but i yes Um, i was very much like oh something's going on well because i had the gloves and i was being cagey about it on purpose yes um and then when abbott uh went after Carson with the pipe and like it was so funny to me because like you like as a as yourself as a player at that point you knew you were doomed already and you were like should I just attack him and I I myself was like yeah do it and then as a player I was like oh no 
that's suspicious. And at this point, I couldn't tell if <laughs> Fob was like double crossing us with like our own characters or whatever. Yeah. And so I encouraged you to do that and then immediately got suspicious, which I think then made you suspicious of me. <laughs> it was just like a whole yes. mess for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. And I I was like, OK, we're we've been stuck in the standoff for a while. And I'm doomed, so I'll get the story moving and and, and do something. Yeah. But uh, I think instead I incapacitated someone with a lot of answers. <laughs> you just incapacitated someone who I was like, oh yeah, Car- if if I can guarantee anyone's going to make it through this, it's going to be Carson. <laughs> He's like the milk you toast thought. person. Yeah, basically. That's I was like, funny. I mean, he did make it through. He was just unconscious. Fair. I would like to just shout out to Jacob for the Abbott voice. The very first night that we were recording, I could not contain myself. When you popped out this another reason it took three hours accent, I oh my gosh, I was dying. It was so good, and your character work on this episode was just really phenomenal. Jacob, can you tell us more about Abbott? I'm so curious. Yes. I'm so curious. <laughs> oh, so much of Abbott's stuff hasn't come up. Oh, my gosh. I, like, just didn't. And it's just so good. I spent too much time on the backstory, probably. But oh. his father founded the Seaside Amusement Park. <laughs> or he started a carousel and grew it into a Seaside Amusement Park. Aww. And then Abbott took it over. And then Silas joined the business for some reason that we never established. Mm-hmm. And then the flag-based amusement chain opened in town, <gasps> and we couldn't compete, oh, no. and Silas pulled out. For some reason, we couldn't establish. And then I might have contradicted this in the episode, I don't remember, but on the character sheet, at least, the amusement park got torn down, and it was just the carousel left, and it was Carousel Pier or something, Aww. and I was like living in the shed of the carousel, <laughs> and people thought I owned like the whole condo establishment, but really I didn't, and I was poor. Oh no! And it was that—that's oh. why I needed the money. Oh, no. oh, wow, God, that's so that's sad. a whole another layer. Wow, Jacob, Evan is perhaps the best character I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> well, he would have been better if any of that had come out or had any effect on the story. It was pretty much just like, I decided I want money, and then I got money, and then I was like, cool, I would like to leave, and that was my character. But that's still very <laughs> good. I, I echo everything Christine said. And I think it definitely came across in your performance that you had thought so much about his backstory. Um, you know, even if those mm-hmm. details didn't come out, like, you were able to even more inhabit your character. So that's that's really awesome. Well, thank you. I I tried. It was easier now that we're not in the same room. Oh, really? And I don't have to look at you laugh at me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I promise you that all of my laughter was like pure joy and elation because I've known you since high school and I don't think I've ever heard you speak in an accent before. And so it was just like, I don't know. I, I yeah. Yeah, it was weird for me. Also, Abbott Aquarius is a really excellent name. It's so good. I was just delighted to see this character be emitted from your person. It, it brought me so much joy. <laughs> I also really like Jill. Like, I thought, like, it was so, yes. like, we needed that, like, no bullshit straight, like, <laughs> this is what we're doing character because we were all a fucking mess. And, like, <laughs> I, I wish that we had more time to get into her 
like and Travis like her dead husband or whatever because I thought that was a really interesting dynamic like we mm-hmm. touched on it yeah right for like mm-hmm. in like the first episode for like a second yeah um, I think I also lost that like just because of how long it took between when we were recording the episodes yeah um mm-hmm. I, I almost just kind of forgot that aspect of my character um so I'm curious if I had like kind of re-remembered that how I might have played her differently um I actually based a lot of Jill's temperament on my sister. <laughs> Ooh. Um, because my sister is someone who I see as a very like logical um, person. She's able to make decisions very rationally. She is a nurse. Um, so kind of just thinking about like how would she approach this and hopefully she's oh, not listening cool. to this and be like I wouldn't have acted that way at all what are you talking about you know so maybe it's just <laughs> this imagined character of my sister as a nurse um, so you know there's some filters there to that but then it also was hard for me to not just become totally unhinged because of my own personal like inability to <laughs> keep my emotions down. Um, I think there were a couple points when Jill got a little more out of control than I would have wanted her to. Um, but that's. I just mean, to be fair, it was kind of a crazy circumstance, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I loved Sienna. Oh, really? I yeah, thought she was annoying think, as shit. No, I think she was adorable and like. I don't know, like, you just brought this really good, like, well, obviously, if we're doing this, then, like, why are we doing this? Like, and, like, you just, like, Sienna was a really good character for asking really important questions, and it always felt very natural to her character that she would be, like, probing through the situation the way that you had her do. That makes me feel so much better to say, because, like, in her character sheet, like, she's an archivist, so she's very misused to, like, researching questions and finding things out um one thing that didn't come up in here at all that i thought about i just didn't see an opportunity for it to come out um was that prior to the events of the story um her immediate family had gotten ostracized right um Mm -hmm. and it wasn't actually because of french onion soup it was because um Sienna stole some of great grandma's jewelry um, to give to her brother to help him pay for college because he was just super like he like blew all his money and like couldn't afford it and whatever. Um, And they thought he had done it. So they just kicked all of them out of the family. And so initially, like when the ghost came up in the first episode and like was like yelling, Sienna was like, oh, shit, (laughs) she knows I stole her shit. And then we just never like got a chance to address that because yeah. it became very clear that her anger was directed elsewhere. Um, so that's something I wish I would have done a little differently just because Sienna didn't really have that big of a motive vis-a-vis killing people. Um, mm-hmm. And that I think would have muddied things a little bit, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's okay. Like the character sheets are there to like, I think help us make the characters not necessarily that like each piece of these people is going to be represented in the dread. That's fair. I still have lots of, and we don't have to answer all of them because I'm like Sienna. I need to know everything at all times, but (laughs) (laughs) I have so many more questions about like 
what was Carson's whole fucking deal? And how did great grandma get out of the cage to be in the mirror? And like my idea for her and my idea for like ghosts in general, at least uh, with regards to this season is that they get stronger with time and also Mm. with like emotion as they kind of like, like they they lose more and more of themselves, which is why she looked like oh, you know gaunt and creepy. Okay. So they they get stronger, but it's less of them and more of like just the emotion. And so, uh, Maribel has been around as a ghost for a while now, and she hasn't been able to do the thing that she needs to do in order to like pass on which is interact with percy and either Mm. like forgive him or kill him she needs she's she's lacking closure and silas is kind of an asshole because he's not letting her get that because he wants to keep her around and He's trying to work on like ghost technology so that like they can kind of still have some sort of semblance of a relationship. It's why he has like the ghost gauntlets mm. and everything. Um, but it's it's obviously not working, and she's like she's less and less herself. And because like time is elapsing and things, she can sort of like manifest through the iron the cage but just never like all of her if that Mm. makes sense and Mm -hmm. so like it's never like a full manifestation but she can like project herself through it as Mm. we saw when she went through abbott oh that that's really cool i uh that's i like it (laughs) um i was so i guess like shocked when we found like the room like it just like I definitely thought that it was going to be much more of a like clue, like who done it kind of thing. Like I don't know, there was just like a certain point when like things switched and like the initial story of like, oh, we've gathered for this um, you know, reading of the will mm-hmm. and this find let's find the stamps and then it like just totally like went in a whole new direction. It was very entertaining and exciting, but also like a little bit confusing because it was like, okay, wait, what's my goal here? Um, But I think that that was really well done. To your point, Christine, I think it was at the end of episode two of this story where all of our jaws were like on the floor and it's like, oh, this is so far beyond (laughs) what we thought it was. And we all had to like recontextualize like Mm -hmm. this is so much bigger. It was a really, really cool moment. That makes me really happy, actually. Thank you. So (laughs) what happens to Percy? Is he okay? Uh, I think we can leave. I think it's more fun if the listener gets to decide what happens. Oh, but I want to to know so badly. (laughs) I'm very conflicted on Percy because, yes, he did a big big whoopsie and did kill great grandma (laughs) and lied about it. But I also love him as a character (laughs) because, like, like yes, he killed her, but he also admitted it, and then is taking steps to protect the rest of the family from Reggie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question about Percy that might shift all of this. Oh no! When Sienna was 
rummaging through his stuff looking for a weapon. He was very quick to be like, um, no, don't you rummage through my stuff. Oh, that's true. And I found that very suspicious. What is your question? <laughs> what was going on there? Why didn't he want her to rummage? Oh, that's fair. Uh, rummaging makes lots of noise, and she had just told him that there was a murderer about the house, and he didn't want the murderer to hear lots of noise coming from his bedroom. I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> I mean, I have no reason to lie now at this point. This is the podcast. This is true. This is the end of the... I'm still suspicious. Okay, that's fair. You're allowed to be <laughs> suspicious. There's a level of trust that can never be repaired after we played this episode. <laughs> oh, oh no. And thwack. All right, everyone. It's time for Christine's Kitchen. Are you ready to rumble? Rumble indeed. Surprise, surprise. We actually recorded this literal months ago. <laughs> so long. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Since then, several of us have moved. A number of us had experienced sicknesses, COVID and non-COVID. Uh, it's been a time. So this, Yay! what you're about to listen to is recorded on different mics uh, a long time ago. So it might sound different, but deal with it. It sounds good. It's fun. And and since then, we have also shifted to recording uh, remotely. So we are doing this safely, um, but with some additional technical fun times, fun times that Jacob gets to figure out. Yay, Jacob! Yay, Jacob! Yay. So with that, let us travel back in time to a moment of culinary mystery and intrigue. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Christine's Kitchen. Today on Christine's Kitchen, creme brulee, frequently a member of restaurant's dessert menus. Oh, look at how fancy it is. It has an accent on the name. But alas, <laughs> it is rarely created to perfection. So this week I decided, why not just go completely apeshit with it? <laughs> That's right. We're not trying to perfect creme brulee. We are trying to destroy it. And by destroy, I mean take it in a completely opposite direction. So today we have savory creme brulee. I would like to begin by having you all taste it and then let me know what you think is in it. Jacob, you're not allowed to tell them because you watched me make it. Can we talk about the appearance really quick? Yes. Because flashing back to the kimchi ice cream. Which this is an imp improvement. It looks very beautiful. You have some, they're in beautiful little ramekins. Oh, thank you very I much. I purchased these from Target specifically for this experiment. Yeah, there is some, is this cheese? It is. On top? It, it is. I am getting kimchi flashbacks though because I, it is orange. Like this the is kimchi. Not, yeah, but this is like orange in the, ah, broiled cheese sense. Not, yeah, ah, pickled cabbage. <laughs> It could be a thing of mac and cheese. This could be a terrible joke to play on somebody. That's true. But the fact That's, that... I, I would be delighted if I thought I wasn't eating mac and cheese and then found out I was eating mac and cheese. Are you kidding me? No, I was thinking the <laughs> other way. Be like, here's your mac and cheese. Surprise. It's actually a dessert cheese. Dessert cheese is a thing. I'm aware. <laughs> I have an insane idea for another kitchen. Okay. <laughs> is it? Is it perhaps... <laughs> write it. Tea? Write it down. <laughs> And remember that I'm lactose intolerant. I know. I thought about that as I put a pint of heavy cream into a saucepan earlier today. <laughs> oh, no. So, well, I, sorry. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I've guessed one ingredient in this heavy cream. Oh, surprise. There's cream in creme brulee. 
But the fact that we have to guess ingredients makes me a little bit nervous. It, does. it shouldn't. Okay. It's not going to hurt you. <laughs> I just that want to know was. how well refined your palates are. This is me judging you. <laughs> oh, good. Excellent. Just kidding. I'm, I'm going to judge in. you. All right. <laughs> is it working? Are you satisfied? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's very curdly. Goopy? Okay, I just tasted this expecting sweet, and I was the one who made it, and I know what's in it. What is wrong with me? I mean, it just tastes like a, like a cream of potato soup, but without the potatoes. It's not soup, Jacob. It's basically soup. It's not soup. It does kind of taste like soup. potato soup. It's soup plus an egg. Everything is either a soup, a sandwich, or a salad. We and can't. This we is can't a soup. This is not where we have this discussion. <laughs> this sounds like exactly the place where we should have Li- that discussion. <laughs> Listeners... Allow me to help. All food is either a soup, a salad, or a sandwich. Jacob, name a food. Hot dog. Hot dog is obviously a sandwich. Yeah, that's Very easy. E- that's, that's super easy. That, okay. Honey no, nut Cheerios. Honey nut Cheerios, uh, like soup. That's easily soup. Or, or is, is it, it a salad? salad? No, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's, okay, depends. Are there, is there milk in my Cheerios? there's milk it's a soup if there's maybe, not milk maybe then it's, it's a the salad dressing. what is milk a dressing no is dressing a milk no <laughs> i'm dead i am deceased no you're both you're you're both wrong milk, anyway milk back is to soup. the creme brulee I back think, to the egg soup so this is this <laughs> so so imagine like a cream of anything soup where it just tastes like cream and a little bit of onion and then take out the hmm, whatever it is of so it's just cream soup, but with no broth, just cream and some flavor, and then cheese on top. There's an herb in here, and I can't place which one it is, and it's <laughs> killing me slowly. <laughs> Sage, thyme. No. Damn. Rosemary? No. Mm. Bay leaves? No. Hmm. It's it's somewhere between thyme and bay leaves. <laughs> I think rosemary was also a good guess. It's kind of obscure. Oregano. No. Do you give up? No. I do. (laughs) I don't. Coriander. Does this taste like cilantro to you? Coriander doesn't taste like cilantro to me. Coriander is cilantro. I'm aware, but it doesn't taste like cilantro. It's the the evolved form of cilantro. uh, I think cilantro is the evolved form because coriander is the seeds. Yeah. Coriander is the scrub. (laughs) I'm a dumb... You just haven't played enough Pokemon. That's very true. I've played no Pokemon, and I figured that out. Well, listen, this is Christine's kitchen, and maybe in Christine's kitchen, cilantro is... <laughs> I think... So I, this is... We're serving this warm. I think the texture would be improved if it was cold, but the cheese would not. That's, I wonder if it's because I messed up one step in the recipe. That's what not, did you mess up in the you're recipe? You're supposed to bring the cream back up to a scald after you let the thing steep in it to just get, tell us tell to us flavor no, no, no. okay hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on it's not parsley is it no that that wouldn't parsley is more of like a mint effect it's not mint but you know what i mean yeah there's something else in here besides the herb is it leeks it is excellent ah. job it, it tastes a lot like leeks yes it is leeks Yes. So I have never cooked with leeks before. Okay. And when I went to the grocery store to purchase the leeks, I arrived at the cashier and the guy behind the cash register 
holds it up and looks at it for a second and he goes, what is this? <laughs> and I said, it's a leak. And he goes, ah, okay. And he turns to his computer and his hand hovers over the numbers for a second. He goes, I don't know the code for leaks. And so then he yells across the room and he's like, Tim, what's the code for leaks? That's pretty and Tim good. yelled back, 78432 or something. I don't know what the number is. But, but um, I then assured him, I said, no worries. I've never cooked with leeks before. So we're both experiencing something new. Oh my God. Did he appreciate that? He did. So, okay. It's leeks. It's heavy cream. Uh-huh. It's not, it's not thyme. It's no. not rosemary. No. I am going to Google types of herbs. Unauthorized aid. Search. Um, Is it an alphabetical list? Tarragon. It, that's what it is. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. What do I win? Never I would enough. never you have, have guessed. have the cheese off of mine. <laughs> There's, I could broil you some more cheese. We have some left. The Parmesan on top is maybe my favorite part. Same. So I think there were some texture issues, clearly, because it's very runny and and it looks like it just didn't finish cooking. Like I probably could have kept it in the oven a little longer. It tastes not bad. Like I enjoy it. it <laughs> what every chef wants to hear. It like it tastes not bad. But I mean, like a quart of chicken stock, a couple chunks of potatoes, you got a good stoop. Soup. Yeah. I, I, like, honestly, this this. But would... I wasn't making soup. <laughs> but you basically made soup. But I... you did make soup. No, wait. Savory crumbly. You made Don't gelatinous dare. soup. You're ruining it. <laughs> soup jello. Ew. No, it's not jello. I. There's no gelatin in it. Yeah, but it's gelatinous. Thanks, eggs. <laughs> no, but I. It, it looks good. I would probably finish it if I wasn't full. Really? Probably, yeah. I, yeah. Really? I also think that I would finish it if oh, I wasn't full. My heart has swelled three times the size. But so I so am then, the Grinch <laughs> of the kitchen. <laughs> so we rated the kimchi ice cream via cabbages. What What is our rating scale? Cheeses? Uh, I think leeks. Leeks or, is good. Or tarragons. I like leeks. Okay, leeks. Fob, how many leeks would you give savory creme brulee? So zero cabbages. Z- well, there's five leeks. leeks. Five leaks out of total. Out of five leaks. Out of five. You I, would give this five out of five? I mean, it's it's very leaky. Jacob, assuming you understand how rating systems work, how many leaks out of five leaks would you give this? Um, I'd have to say four leaks. It's like just a, it's a quart of chicken stock and a handful of potatoes away from being a great soup. <laughs> Marissa. Um... I would give this four and a half leeks. Excellent. Well, there you have it, folks. Savory creme brulee made with leeks and tarragon. Average of 4.5 out of five leeks. If you would like to attempt this recipe and or finesse it, you can find it on the Christine's Kitchen corner of our website, dnbpod.com. There you can also find a picture of what it looked like when it came out of the broiler, which was beautiful. So, is this cursed? Nah. No. No. Tis a blessed creme brulee. (laughs) Christine's blessed corner. (laughs) The blessings of cream upon all of you. Whack. And we're back. Back. A. Mmm, soup. (laughs) No, it was soup. (laughs) 
No, the one the one thing I do remember about that is that it was soup. Well, all I can say is that I already know what I'm doing for the next breakfast, and y'all are in Ooh. for a treat. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm about to be punished for comments that I've made today. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do we want to tease the next story at all? Um, oh yeah, who who's going to be running our next story? Oh, I'm who is it? Going to be running the next story. <laughs> And I'm really nervous about it, but I'm also very yes! excited. I'm delighted and excited, and I cannot wait. Um, I think it's going to be a fantastic adventure. Thank you. Oh, before we go, we want to give a shout out. We have been using a virtual dread tower via Google Sheets. Um, it is based on Dana Freed's blog post about playing dread over Google Plus Hangouts. And it was built and designed by David Jose. Um, so thank you very much for making that available. We would not be able to continue our podcast during this time without it. So we are very grateful to you. Thank you very much for that. Also, shout out to audiodrama.com for giving us a shout out. Audiodrama.com is an online directory with the goal of offering the most comprehensive listing of websites for audio drama enthusiasts. They recently gave us a little feature on their Twitter feed, which was super nice and awesome. So please go check them out at audio-drama.com. But all this to say, we are super happy to be back and to be doing this. And we love you. And thanks for uh, being here. All right. Goodbye! The end. Thanks for listening to Dreaded Breakfast. (laughs) This episode sponsored by Cardboard Boxes, which has held all of my belongings for the past two weeks. And mine for the next two. We'd like to thank Eli Schneider for our theme song and original music. You can check him out on Spotify. Additional sounds are credited in the episode notes. Thank you to our intern, Manan, at Manan Elise on Instagram, who created our amazing episode art for this story. You can follow us on Instagram at dnbpod. We're on Twitter at dnbfast. Or you can visit our website at dnbpod.com. And if you liked the show, be sure to give us a quick rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and tell us how you take your coffee in the morning. Or if you're like Jacob, how you take your orange juice. I don't know. What do people drink when they don't drink coffee? Just like how a good breakfast takes time to incorporate all the love into the pancakes and bacon and what have you, we do the same for our stories. So stay tuned to our social media and we'll let you know when our next episode is about to drop.